Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Hello, everyone. This is Mike and Jody Cleveland for our next podcast. Jody, I really love doing these podcasts with you. I love doing them with you, too, because we get to look into God's Word and see the beauty of our Savior, to see the glories of the gospel and to receive the power of the cross into our lives. And that is exciting. And I hope that uh, everyone listening is able to join in in our celebration of our Lord. Amen. Well, we have been looking together at the differences between the New Covenant and the Old Covenant, and specifically how those differences play out in our relationships. Right. If we're under the Old Covenant, there are certain ways that we act and certain things we require of others. Yeah. If we are under the New Covenant, we react differently. We are uh, in our relationships responding to each other differently. Right, because we're loving each other as Jesus has loved us. We're forgiving each other as God has forgiven us in Christ. It's a completely different way of life. Yes, exactly. So we're looking today at Hebrews chapter 8. And if you're listening to us today and you haven't heard the first couple of podcasts we did on Hebrews 8, you can simply go back and listen to them on verses 1 and 2. Today we come to verses 3 through about 7. And verse 3 says this, Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. And so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. And so he's making a contrast and comparison here between the priests of the Old Covenant who had to have gifts and sacrifices in order to placate God's wrath against sin. And so it was necessary for this high priest, now Jody, who's he referring to there? Jesus. Right? Our great high priest, he just talked about him in the previous verse. Right. It was necessary for Jesus to have something to offer. Now, if he were still in heaven, he would have nothing to offer. And so he came to this earth, and he took a body. And so we find in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5, it says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Meaning his body would take the place of sacrifices and offerings. Um, Jody, as you think about that, that he took a body on himself to offer it up to God, to make atonement for our sins. What thoughts do you have about that? I just feel it is just the most precious, wonderful thing because in the Old Covenant, the people brought the animals, right? They had to bring an animal to the priest, right? The priest just did the offering, right? He did the service. He did the killing and the putting on of the blood and and the pronouncing clean and things like that, right? But Jesus said, you know what? 
God doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to bring your offerings and your sacrifices. That's not what he wants. He wants my body. He wants this body that he's prepared for me to be offered. So Jesus becomes the ultimate priest in that he not only does the offering, does the sacrificing, but he is the sacrifice. There's nothing that we could do that would merit righteousness. And there is nothing for us to do except receive. That is the most beautiful, glorious, life-giving, hope-filling, <laughs> joys-producing uh, truth for us because it, it removes the burden. I was just going to bring that up. I'm glad you did because it, it says that every priest has to have something to offer. When you see Jesus offering his body in your place, you come to the understanding that you don't have to offer your own obedience to uh, make atonement for your wrongs or to placate the wrath of God. You don't, you are not required now to live up to God's standard in order to be accepted because Jesus had something to offer. Uh, he gave his body. He sacrificed his blood. Uh, he was, was nailed in his hands and feet and wore a crown of thorns for the purpose of reconciling you to God, of making and declaring you to be perfect before a perfect God. Yes. And it just removes the, uh, you know, that whole need that I used to feel to be perfect, to love God, to love people, to, to uh, you know. And, and so, you know, people might hear this, Jody, and they might go, oh, so you just have no desire now to live right, and you don't have any love for God or people, you, because you don't have to. Jesus did it all. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? Well, uh, that's not true. Obviously, we do love God, but not because we are trying to or because we feel required to. We have received. It's not that we love God, but that He loved us and gave Himself for us as a propitiation, as an atonement for us. So because we have been loved in response we love and it's a it's not a have to it's a automatic like a it's i a can't response. it is it's a i can't help myself right. of course there's love flowing back to the one who has loved me so deeply i mean no love in this world can compare to the love that jesus showed us when he gave himself as our atoning sacrifice on the cross, there's no love that even gets close. And um, so when we, when we are uh, receiving the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us, love will flow out. We are compelled by love, um, controlled by it even, so that our life that we live in the love of Jesus is one that um, that uh, reflects the uh, love of God in us. That's exactly right. And it's a difference between us having to be under the old covenant, which said, love God and love people. And the response is the flowing out of love that we've already received. I think, would you agree, this is the greatest 
uh, struggle that the church has today when it comes to understanding the difference between the old and the new covenant. Uh, in other words, um, when when asked what the requirements of the church are today, most people would say to love God and love people. Or obey the Ten Commandments, something like that. Right. And so what happens is uh, people are placed under the burden of the Old Covenant because of that. And so you see on church websites, you know, what is our mission? It's to love God and love people. And Jody, we often get uh, emails from people that will say, please pray for me uh, to love God and with my whole heart and to love people. And we end up having to say, I'm sorry, we won't pray that for you. We might as well pray that you grow to be eight feet tall. Um, we're, it's not possible. It's not possible for us to love God and love people under the old covenant. Instead, the new covenant says not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice. So there's a difference, isn't there, in focus as we continue on in these verses. It says, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. So we're contrasting those animal gifts and sacrifices under the law with our high priest sacrifice of his body. They serve at a sanctuary that's a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain. So there's a sanctuary on earth or a tabernacle. There's a sanctuary in heaven, which is simply the place where God met with man, the place where sacrifice happened. And this is where the priests would minister. But then we come to verse 6. And this is a fascinating verse. You want to read that, Jody? But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. Woo. All right, that's great. So let's talk about those better promises. So the old covenant was established on the promise of you be perfect and I will accept you. Right. You keep the law and be as perfect as your heavenly father is. And Jesus said that in Matthew 5, be as perfect as your father in heaven is. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the old covenant, right? You had to, you couldn't sin in, in deed or thought or in any way and still be keeping the old covenant. So the promise is do this and live. Right. And people will try, you know, they will set out to be perfect, to keep the Ten Commandments. And wow, are they setting themselves up for a huge failure, aren't they? They are indeed. Um, and even even in the, um, <coughs> excuse me, even in the sacrifice, you know, the, the offerings that they brought had to be perfect. So there was a lot of scrutiny, a lot of examination of oneself and of the sacrifice, right? And uh, there was this desperation for it to be perfect because they um, wanted to be accepted by God. They wanted the blessing of God. But uh, in the new covenant, um, it's completely different for us, isn't it? Yes. And again, as we talk about relationships, 
and our, you and me, we interact in our relationship as husband and wife. Yeah. People interact together with their kids, with their employer, employees. If you are under the old covenant, which says be perfect or else, you tend to place that on those people around you. And this is the problem that comes in relationships. When uh, I'm requiring you to be perfect. Right. Because I'm never going to be able to do it. I will fail you. That is going to happen. Right. And right. I will fail you. Uh, yeah. And when the sooner we accept that, the better off we'll be right. uh, so that we don't look at each other and demand and require and, uh, you know, in essence, put this heavy load on each other. Yeah. Instead, we live with each other in forgiveness and love. Yes. With grace reigning supreme over all our interactions. Right. Uh, and so this is what the new covenant does. It says it's established on better promises. The, well, let's look at some better promises, and he's go, he's about to uh, to state them for us. Mm -hmm. But just thinking about it here together, the promise of the new covenant is that God would give His Son to suffer and die in the place of sinners to purchase their eternal life as a gift to them. And if we receive that gift, we are forever perfect. We are forever accepted. We are forever alive in him. And this is so much better promise. It's completely opposite. It's day and night uh, from the old covenant. And so he says in verse 7, For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. So, Jody, are we saying there's something wrong with the Ten Commandments? No. No, not well, at all. Well, you just said there, if there had been <laughs> nothing wrong with the first covenant, so what was wrong? The, what was wrong was the people. Yes. <laughs> we, are the, we are the problem, not the covenant. That's right. Or not the, uh, not the law. Right? That's what it says in verse 8. Oh, sure. But God found fault with the people. <laughs> Why? Because they can't do it. I, you know, do you remember that that plaque in Joshua chapter 24 oh, yeah. where Joshua tells the people, he says, uh, you know, choose this day whom you will serve. Uh, you know, and then he goes on to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Right. And that is placed on people's door doors as they come in or on their walls. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Right. I wish that somebody would develop a plaque on the next couple of verses, verse 19 says, you are unable to serve the Lord because he's holy and he won't forgive your sin. Right. Under the old covenant, there wasn't forgiveness and you are not able. Listen to those words in Joshua 24, 19. You are not able. You are not able. Let it ring in your heart that we are not able to keep the requirements of God so Jesus came and did it for us. Right. And this is the new covenant. Jody, as we continue on, what final thoughts do you have in this passage that we looked at, the comparison of the old and the new covenant? Well, the good news, of course, for me is that while I'm not able, Jesus was. And that is the relief to my soul, and I hope it's a relief to all the listeners, that we aren't able, we can't measure up, we don't, we get it wrong, we disappoint, we fall short, but Jesus 
is perfect. Jesus did it perfectly. And he has given that righteousness to us. And we can live in it, not just uh, before God, but with each other. Amen. We will continue in this passage with our next podcast. Thank you for joining me, Jody. Thank you for having me. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.